Welcome to the Smart Connector, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs be the leader their ideal people love. Build your influence, wealth and success, attract others for all the right reasons and become a Smart Connector, the architect of your amazing business and life. I first met Aria through a mutual friend of ours, Brian Smithers, and I was so excited to interview him because not only is he all the way round the other side of the world in Australia, he's also doing some incredible work at Ingenesis Ventures. He's an award-winning entrepreneur and a startup business advisor and coach, and in this interview he's going to tell you all about the incredible work that he does. So enjoy this telephone interview between us. Welcome to the Smart Connector podcast. Today, I'm delighted to interview Aria Chittasi, who's the director of Ingenesis Ventures, which helps visionaries and innovators to create tech-based companies that serve the world. Through state-of-the-art technology builds, access to investor networks, and a unique startup to the enterprise planning process, Ingenesis brings new technology ventures to the market faster, leaner, and with less risk. With four startups of his own in the last eight years, including one that was awarded the fastest growing company in the Asia Pacific region, and another growing into a 55 person company in under two years, Aria thrives on transforming ideas into real businesses. He also loves to work as a startup mentor and coach, helping other businesses to scale rapidly and lower their risk. So welcome Aria, it's so great to have you here today. It's really good to be here, Jane. Thank you for having me. And of course, the other thing that we must say is that you're in Sydney, aren't you? So you're all the way around the world in Australia, yeah, which is that, very exciting. That's right. We're, we're pretty much on either side of the world. So it's fantastic to be speaking with you as if you're here in person, Jane. Exactly. So Aria, I think probably the best place to start is really mm. with your journey because of course, a lot of people would think, wow, that sounds like such an exciting business to be involved in. Um, how mm. fantastic to work all the time on, on really exciting tech yes. startups and award-winning ones as well mm. that have grown fast and are genuinely very, very successful. So mm. I'd, I'd like to just ask you, first of all, how did you get here? Yeah, great question, Jane. So, so let me take you back actually all the way to in the beginning, I actually studied psychology of all things, completely out of the technology world, not even in the business world. I had a very uh, unique upbringing in that my parents traveled with me around the world twice before the age of 13. Wow. Uh, with, with my two younger brothers. So, you know, I, I had this, you know, very interesting upbringing and I was just obsessed about human beings and what, what made us tick and went deep into that. However, when I was finishing my degree and I was thinking, okay, am I going to go and, and be a therapist, for example, for the next 60 years or something? It just, you know, it wasn't clicking for me. And I remember sitting down and reading, picking up a few books on entrepreneurship. And at the time, with the, the limited knowledge I had, you know, to me, to be honest, those were the people who were the greedy ones, you know, the selfish ones that are taking everything for, for themselves. But the books that I was picking up were talking about that they were saying, I wake up and in my business every day, I'm serving a million people through my product and service. And it really hooked me. You know, it sort of was that 
transitional moment where I started seeing a business as a way to serve others. So yeah, that, that, that sort of kicked off my whole, whole journey. And I literally started my first two businesses 30 days after completing my degree. I, I decided that I would learn, you know, my skills on the ropes, you know, on the street. And that's exactly what I did. So uh, fortunately, one of my first companies about four years after that won that award that you mentioned, which is fastest growing company, Asia Pacific. And so I, I spent the, the next realm of my business life, mainly, you know, having business partners that had far more gray hairs than me and, and just surrounding myself by business coaches and, and uh, people who had really uh, done the hard yards and, and gone through the whole journey. But then after being in that, that realm, a lot of what I was doing was still services based, right? It was still things like consulting and, and things like that. And then in the, about the last three, three and a half years, I, I really saw the trend that the whole technology space is not, you know, it's not even a trend. It's, a, it's an evolution. I realized that for the rest of my life, this is the space that I want to be in, bringing how we serve human beings, you know, how we solve problems, but using technology as a platform where we can do that at scale. So yeah, that, that's been uh, my role here at Genesis Ventures. Uh, building the portfolio uh, mainly here and across Asia Pacific, and it, it's yeah been a, a fantastic journey so far. Wow, that's that's amazing, Aria. So what I'd like like to ask you, uh, we had a conversation beforehand, but mm. Ingenesis has a portfolio of ventures that were startups by other people, right. and you also have some of your own products and mm -hmm. businesses as well. So can you give us some examples of both of them? Yeah, by all means. So, so definitely let me start by talking about the Being Profile, which is absolutely our flagship product. So this is something that, as I mentioned, our, our commitment at Ingenesis is to, to actually transform the whole platform of entrepreneurship over the next 500 years. Inherent in what, what a venture builder is and, and does is uh, we're asking the question, what does it take to take one of these raw ideas and work with them and move them through the process to get, some people call it product market fit, some people call it commercialization, right? Uh, something that is sustainable and viable and, and you can say it's an ongoing concern now. Part of that we realized was that human capital, yeah, how we, uh, uh, not, not extract, but how we obtain value from the people uh, in our teams it's one of the most critical aspects. So beingprofile.com, you, you, you can, uh, our viewers can go check it out, is it's a tool that works uh, with executive coaches and then CEOs, business leaders to, to map out uh, how they operate, how they operate in terms of their ways of being, and then how that relates to their performance uh, personally, individually, and then also with their organization. So, so that's, that's one of them. And as I mentioned, the flagship product. We then actually have quite a wide range. We're not industry specific. We have a, a company in uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain that is actually focusing it on the merchant side, helping people to use that, you know, use cryptocurrencies more on a day-to-day -day basis rather than only having it as a speculative concept. We've got food and healthcare, food safety. So uh, something that touches about two to 300,000 uh, meals per year here in Australia. So as you can hear, you know, it's quite a, a diverse range, but anything that is in between that, you know, from that 
uh, ideation and raw idea through to the commercialization. Again, that's, that's the process that we're deeply passionate about and, and you know, we love and, and we're looking to make a real big difference in. Wow, that's really amazing. And the thing that I love about it so much is te- technology is, of course, an enabler of connection with many, isn't it? With the, with the masses. And so, yeah, that's yeah, being able to push these products out to millions of people potentially is genuinely something that can transform the business landscape. That's it. And I think it's, it's the scale, it's the speed, Jane. You know, we, we haven't been in a time where you can build a business, firstly, this, this quickly, right? These days you can register the company online, you can build your team online, you can get your customers. So the speed is there, but then the scale, the cost to reach millions of, of customers, it's just dramatically reduced you know, compared to the last f- couple of decades. So it's, it's quite an intense time for, you could say, entrepreneurs, for, for business people. But at the same time, we started to notice the challenges, right? So many people going into the current business landscape with this technology, there's very few places they can get the training and, and really be prepared for what it's like, you know, now. So, so that's the challenge we've been dealing with and, and we're out to make quite a difference too. Can I ask how, how you approach that? Right. Absolutely. So, so the, there's two core areas that you could say we chose to focus on, right, and, and really build some roots on. So one is around this, this venture building process. So next year, we actually have a book centered around what's called the Genesis Framework. And this was us, you could say, charting the territory for entrepreneurs and, and also vent, venture building in general. So when I say venture building, what we mean is any time a human being is taking this idea, looking to serve you know, a person or a group of people we call a market, and then transforming that into this, this uh, a business, right? Something that is generating money and serving others at the same time. So although I say entrepreneurs, you know, that can, a lot of the time we're working with SMEs and, and corporates, but then, you know, we are also working with those individuals that are starting something from, from scratch. So the Genesis framework is one thing we do. It's a deconstruct of all the core elements that, that people need to go through as they move towards uh, the raw idea to commercialization. I was in Singapore about two months ago, uh, teaching that to investors and uh, entrepreneurs there. Uh, and, and that's the framework which we use when we navigate people through the whole, whole process. That sounds absolutely amazing because, as you said, there are so many good ideas out there in the market, but taking it from startup to something that resembles a real business is, it's not just an art, it's also a skill and requires knowledge that a lot of founders don't have. Absolutely. It's it's exactly that. And I think that there is a bit of a a misconception or maybe an oversimplification where, you know, because it's so easy there is this opportunity that people can just say, okay, here I am, I'm here to build a startup and I'm ready to go. But building a startup is at at least as challenging as, you know, flying a helicopter or flying a plane, right? There are are things to know. You need to know the dials. You need to know the the levers and and the light, what the lights mean, you know, whether they're they're, they're red or green, et cetera. So yeah, it's both a, a 
blessing that we have this opportunity today that things are so much easier and faster but it's equally a big challenge because it's like people wielding this strong force and they can do just as much damage sometimes unfortunately as as the good <laughs> I, I, lo- I love those analogies they're great so for our listeners if somebody is listening in and they've got a fantastic mm. startup idea in tech they want to reach millions of people or perhaps not even in in tech but just an idea mm. that they feel that they want to bring it to the world where where would they start using your methodologies yeah, fantastic. So the first step in our methodology, so we, we actually draw three lines, which we found was a nice and simple way to help people start to see layers in what it takes to, to build a venture uh, from an early stage. And the first one is the team or human capital line. Yeah, What are the people resources, the human capital required to build that venture? The second one is product. And then the third one is your market. So obviously, I don't think we're going to have time, Jane, to go through all of the little pieces. But to just start off with the the first piece, it's actually looking at the intersect between your team or or you could say you as a founder or owner. And secondly, with your product. So you can call it the, the founder product fit yeah, or the team product fit. It's really asking why are you doing what you're doing? And is this something that you want to do for the next, you know, two years? five years, 10 years, because a lot of people get carried away with the fantasy of maybe this next six months or 12 months. But, you know, building a startup takes a huge amount of energy and really puts you to your limits. So unless you have that real fit on the core of your being, you know, it can get very difficult at at times. And us asking this question at the beginning, we find can can sort of remove a lot of uh, pain or or challenge down the track. I think that's that's absolutely fantastic because so many people don't necessarily think about, as you said, they get carried away with the enthusiasm and they don't think mm. about, well, what am I going to do when I, when I wake up in the morning 18 months down the line yeah, uh, and right. I've got to do this all day, every day. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> if, you yeah. feel, if you don't feel just real joy and passion for it, then it soon becomes very difficult, doesn't it? That's, that's very interesting you said that. So we, we use the word passion as well, Jane, and what we sort of map, traced it back to is passion, actually the, the root of the word comes from suffering, yes. right? So you probably, you know, passion of Christ and things like that. So it comes from what wounds do you have and, and how do you sort of deal in the face of that that suffering right so because a lot of the times we say passion as if it's a a nice holiday you know it's a passion project right so we we get the entrepreneurs we work with to to really go hold on a second why are you doing this what's driving you and is it you know deep rooted enough that you're willing to go on that journey well i think that's that's i mean really amazing aria i really do (laughs) Fantastic. So let's talk a little bit more about beingprofile.com because I think that sounds like such Mm. an exciting product. So who is a person? Who is the leader or the team manager or whatever and how that impacts performance? So where where did that idea come from, the concept? Yeah, so... One of the main places it came from was exactly inside us as a venture builder, right? So 
there we were sitting either across the table or sometimes like this, you know, uh, talking through through the web with with people all around the world as we filtered through people to to join our portfolio. So, and we're literally talking about you know hundreds and hundreds, probably about four or five dozen every every month, right? And so at the big beginning, we thought, okay, <laughs> like, like a, a many people starting a portfolio, sort of a, a bit of a naivety, thinking, oh, okay, this is going to be easy somewhat. We're going to filter through these people and find the great ideas and invest in them, support them with technology, the strategy, investors, and so on. But as we kept going, you know, time and time again, we realized that firstly, there are some people with, obviously, the ones with poor business models and business plans. I mean, they were easy to filter out. But when it came to the people with very good business plans and, and you know, really good, sometimes even a great track record and things like that. But then trying to nail how we were feeling about them as, as people, as who they were being as leaders running the show, there were some times that we knew things would not turn out well for them, but we couldn't verbalize it, right? And in our talks with our investor network, uh, I mean, if you actually check surveys of, of investors, uh, we've seen uh, ones done with, with just thousands of investors as well. And time, time again, the top factor that comes up is that investors are investing in the team, right? The, the caliber of the team and the people. And so that was happening for us, but we got more and more frustrated that we couldn't really express it beyond, you know, they're a good team. You know, we were using really unsophisticated ways of expressing what we meant by that. Yeah. And then even as we went in and started working with one of these teams, we, we tried to communicate what we needed in, in form of leadership. And again, it was really hard apart from people saying, yeah, uh, that's a good team member or that's an unproductive team member. It practically kept getting simplified to, you know, either keep them or fire them. You know, uh, they're good or they're bad. It was really oversimplistic. To scratch our own itch, this is one of the core reasons is we created the Being Profile because we wanted more in terms of being able to articulate what was going on when we were talking about the caliber of a team or an individual. Wow, it sounds like such an interesting project. And what, what, what have you discovered as a result of developing this ARIA? So what we discovered, a, a really nice, simple way to look at it is that firstly, to see how much we human beings work on the level of doing right, on, on behavior and action, you know, things like just do it, right? So even in the business world, in the scale up and startup world, there's a lot of, hey, just hustle, you know, just be very much in action and, and you'll get there. But as we know, sometimes a lot of action takes place and yet that venture doesn't make it. Or we know times that there's a lot of action happening, but you're actually actioning the wrong thing, right? So the leadership is not guiding the, the right direction. So we, we first saw everything that was happening there. And then we started looking at, hold on a second, how come there are these instances where there's a lot of the doing, but still things are being missed? And the, the main place we came to, obviously from the name of the product is we came to, but how about how people are being? So it's articulated well in the question, who do you need to be to have your business grow? Right. Yeah, who, who do you need to be? And, and by the way, it's not actually only business focused. We realize that it actually comes down to any single person's personal performance. So 
who do you need to be to have the relationship you want at home? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> who, who do you need to be to be the father or mother, you know, for that, for the family you want and so on and so forth. So that's the question that kept coming back to that. And wow. it, it kept touching something that, you know, you could, you could tell was quite a profound and valuable place for people, but yet again, very hard to articulate and therefore hard to duplicate the results at that level, right? Oh, I, I just love it. It's like a tool for peak performance. Oh, absolutely. So, so it's currently being used every day now uh, with our group of executive coaches, with mainly CEOs, uh, CIOs, CTOs, you know, people on the, the C-level. But now it's actually gone slightly further than that. Uh, it's used here in Australia in the Department of Education, different government bodies. And so, yeah, it, it definitely started there as the root. And it's, it's been growing, uh, you know, we're, we're right in the midst of the journey as we speak. Wow, that's incredible. And can the layperson access this? Is there an app, for example? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to beingprofile.com, now at, at the moment, as you can imagine, this is such a, you could say a precise conversation. So we are out there running training programs for, for coaches to, to really understand how this personal technology works and things. So you can go on the website, you can apply to have, go through the experience with the coach. That's how you can sort of start the journey. I think that's so exciting. I just love it. Would you say, Aria, that we're entering a new era where marketing manipulation tactics are old school and that we're entering an era where authentic values and connection are going to be much more influential in terms of business results? Absolutely. So on one level, I'd love to just say a, a simple yes. However, I think it's not just a trend. I think it's actually more like a choice for people like you, me, and, and you know, anyone listening on. It, it comes down to, are we setting up our business world to abide by those, those rules? Does that make sense? So, yes. or another, another way of putting it is how are we giving this to the next generation? I mean, are we setting up, you know, this world where manipulation is the norm because we, we just as easily can have authenticity be the norm. So, you know, I do believe there is more to it. I, I wish that it was an easy trend line, but I think it's actually going to take something and it's going to take our effort and conscious, you know, shifting of the, the process for that to happen. And, that, that talks to the reason why the Being Profile exists because we are interested in having people, you know, really grasp onto this and articulate it so they, they can have some ability to manoeuvre their own ways of being and then have that impact themselves and, and people around them. Oh, honestly, I think that is just really amazing, Aria. What's on the cards for you and for Genesis in, in the next two to three years, for example? What, what are your plans? Yeah, but- so uh, I have already mentioned the, the two spaces here. But let me re- recap them. So the first one is I mentioned about the Genesis framework, which is that deconstructed map of what happens in the process from raw idea through to commercialization and product market fit. So this is something that I know that there are literally millions of, of books and, and authors and things talking to, you know, their, their 17 tips about what to do in the startup process and, and other ones have thousands of tips. And 
And, you know, there are many people who have gone through extraordinary journeys building extraordinary companies. However, what we found was when we worked with people, they, they actually needed something far more simple and fundamental is probably a better word, where they needed a, a bit of a map and a ladder to know where they are in the process. So this is one of our biggest areas that we'd like to focus on in Firstly, in the next three to five years, but for us, uh, we are seeing a, a type of 500-year vision where the similar shift that happened in the last 500 years in the medical and scientific revolution, right? So, so what is that? That is where back then, about five centuries ago, they would cut people open and say, oh, you, you don't feel right? Let's cut you open and just see you know, how we can fix you. <laughs> and they, you know, they pull out something and they go, oh, did that help? And unfortunately, you know, a lot of people died, you know, on the operating table. It's very similar to the, the 93% startup failure rate we see today. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bit random. And there they were about 20 generations later. Yeah, they put certain frameworks in place. They started a global conversation around, hold on a second, what's it going to take for us to advance the conversation around, you know, human health and, and the medical industry? And then fast forward to here, one of my closest friends is a, a doctor. And, you know, it was amazing just seeing him go through about six to eight years of training and he was able to do surgery right, on someone at, at around, what, 26 years old, 28 years old, they can have a 90% success rate these days after going through a relatively short period of training, you know, and, and literally save someone's life in front of them. So that's, that's what we believe, or, or you could even say are hopeful that we want to move towards in terms of the platform for entrepreneurship. We, we believe that there's a lot to learn. And at the moment, you know, there's a lot of stories, there's a lot of anecdotes, but what we're hoping is that as a global society, we can start mapping out some of the fundamentals and build building blocks that can, yeah, support our, our later generations. Wow, I just love that as a vision. That's incredible. And how amazing to be thinking 500 years ahead. That's a very, yeah. very big vision, isn't it, Aria? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I think so. And I mean, you know, I, I suppose the, the thing comes down to why not? <laughs> why I not? Mean, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's definitely a huge core and space, Jane. And then the second, as I think it's quite obvious, is the whole area of being, of shifting the conversation around performance. Uh, we see it long term as, as what we mean by well-being, you know, just people living a good life. We think that the conversation around being has a huge role to play there. But we're definitely starting off with the business world, business leaders and entrepreneurs. And we, we, we hope to make it quite a shift in that arena. Wow, that, that's just incredible. Aria, let me just ask you, in terms of your influences, who are the people mm. that, that have been your role models and, and your influences specifically? Yeah, fantastic. So this is an interesting one. So the first thing I'd say is, as a group, I loved learning about the PayPal mafia. You're probably familiar with them. So people like your Elon Musk's and, and your Peter Thiel, starting at PayPal, but then going to launch your, your SpaceX's and then your LinkedIn's and the list goes on. But of, of all people who I, I do really respect, uh, Peter Diamandis. So he was a PayPal Mafia, you can say, member 
who went on to do the X Prize and and you know one of one big thing he does right now is uh, all around running those those global competitions to solve some of the world's toughest problems. So what I loved about him is I, I I believe that you know he very well could go on and build his own X number of billion dollar businesses, but I I have this resonance with him that he really wanted to choose tackling some some challenging problems. And yeah, that, that's how he channeled his energy. <laughs> that's fantastic. In terms of your personal contacts, your family, did you have anybody who was a particular influence on you growing up? I mean, you mentioned your unusual mm. and probably very rich childhood. So mm. how, how did that all, how did that all happen? Well, firstly, it actually goes back to my grandfather. So both of my parents are from Laos. Yeah, I was born in Sydney, Australia. They they moved here from the war, etc. But my grandfather was actually in the government. He was a foreign ambassador. So so he was traveling to to Sydney. Part of his job was to go and meet JFK back then. On my mother's side, family grew up around the world yes she went to school in france etc so she definitely had that whole influence on her as what what she passed down to me as being a global citizen that took them to all parts of the world and then they ended up having friends i, I didn't even understand i said mom and dad how can we have friends in japan you know now we're in france how can we have friends here and you know the list just kept going on and on so so yeah def- definitely that added something to my childhood thinking at that at that level from a young age so most most definitely my, my parents and my, my grandparents have had a, a huge uh, in, influence there what well, that that must have been such a, a fantastic start for you really really good and as you mm. said very influential in terms of forming uh, your global perspective right now yeah most most definitely Funnily enough, we measure something called higher purpose in the being profile, right? It's one of the ways of being and thinking, you know, at what level you think regionally, you know, whether that, you know, you're you're continuously looking at a local level or people in front of you, other people think about their their nation and then others, you know, the whole globe or, or, or beyond. And then in the same way, the time scale. So, you know, that that's, it's no coincidence that, we like to think, therefore, in those larger timescales where we find, especially here in Australia, we find like quite short timescales. I mean, you know, Australia alone is not even 150 years old, right? Mm-hmm. So, and one of our clients actually is from Japan and, and they're running a 90-year-old company, right? So a company that's almost as, as old as countries that, that exist. So I completely, you know, would, would second what, what you say that, uh, I mean, I'm fortunate that I had that in my upbringing, higher purpose was, was in front of me. It was sort of contributed to me. But this is something that I think uh, many business leaders, entrepreneurs, it's such a huge element. If the leader of the organization isn't thinking long-term, then, you know, they can't really expect that, right, of the rest of the team. And it has quite a, an ongoing impact. I mean, the most easiest way to see, see that is with the environment, right? It's like a short-term sightedness. So, yeah, that's definitely a, a, a huge component. 
Great. Aria, the final question I'd like to ask you, which I, I mm. ask a lot of my interviewees, is just how you start and end your day, because mm. I think people love to be inspired by others. And so I'd love to hear if you have any any tips or any hacks or any, anything that you do that you feel contributes particularly to the quality of your day. Hmm, fantastic. So the first thing I'll say is, so I've actually got a nine-month-old and a four-year-old. So, so definitely being in this period of my family, I would say that they, they end up being quite a large part of you know, sometimes my early mornings and sometimes my late nights. So, you know, my own definition for myself of, of how I know myself to be, obviously, you know, I most definitely would say of waking up early, meditation and reflection being a huge part of what I like to do on a regular basis. In the mornings, uh, a lot of visioning and creating, whether that's like my day or one thing I like to say is painting your life with broad brush strokes. So for example, for me, I'm looking to at least live to 120, right? So uh, I'm in my 30s. So I I paint uh, in 30 year brush brush strokes. What's going to happen in my next 30 years, the 30 years after that, and the 30 years after that, you know, even with two or three dot points. So I find that that's a nice and easy way to, you know, just contemplate about my life and what's in it. Yeah, that's something that I that I do quite regularly. And then finally, for, for winding down, I definitely, one thing I've been looking at hacks, there was a TED talk about 40 hertz waves, you know, the binaural beats. I don't know if you've ever come across that. Yeah, I, I definitely yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. So, so definitely those are those ones I've been trying out and yeah, that, that's been going quite, quite interesting and, and sort of, uh, yeah, puts me rapidly <laughs> into those types of uh, mind states that I think are quite sort of soothing and, and uh, uh, grounding at the same time. Well, Aria, I just wanted to thank you for a most amazing interview. It's been so interesting to hear about everything that you're up to with Engenesis and beingprofile.com and also, you know, your personal life mm. and influences and, and tips and hacks and, and everything. And I just wanted to thank you very much for being my guest today and for a most fantastic interview. You're most welcome, Jane. Thank you for reaching out. And and yeah, I really hope to continue the conversation with with you and and everyone listening on. Great. Thank you so much, Aria. Bye-bye. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Smart Connector podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not head over to janebaylor.com and order a copy of my free report on building your personal brand. I'd love to connect with you on social media. And finally, don't forget to like and subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss a show. Thanks for listening in and see you soon.